0: Oh, so let's see who shows up. Yeah,
1: hello everyone, Uh, welcome to the weekly show of What is School For? On this show, Mm. I interview leading educators, entrepreneurs, business owners, students, traditional and non-traditional students, and parents to come here. We discuss, debate, and disrupt education. The goal is to future-proof the next generation. And today we have my dear friend Nick on the show to talk about something that I personally, I am very interested in learning mm. more about, which is being an introverted uh, in an extroverted environment. And uh, you know, as I was getting ready to prepare for our interview, I was thinking, wow, almost, every single person in my life including my husband is an introvert and uh and i'm really interested in learning more about you know how like what are some unique characteristics Mm. of being an introvert and how they are navigating the social media space the online space and day-to-day work so i can collaborate with those people better and more effectively for those of you who don't know who is nick nick is actually a trained Actor I was like, wow, (laughs) I didn't even know that and also a public speaking coach Mm. Very interesting combo, right? When you think about it being an introvert and now your career is pretty much based on Talking with people being on stage. So really really interesting really excited for our conversation today And I want to learn more about this Mm. and so Welcome to the show and we are live on LinkedIn on Facebook, and um, Twitter, um, Periscope, um, YouTube, and um, Twitch. So We well, are viral. We yeah. are. Well, I hope so. With you on the show, my friend, yes. Oh. And uh, so let me know in the comment section where you guys are joining us live from on a beautiful Friday for some of you, Saturday. So thank mm-hmm. you so much for joining us live. And Nick, my friend, welcome mm-hmm. to the show.
0: Thank you so very much for having me
1: of course of course really excited and um yeah we already have a few people here thank you so much everyone and so today we're talking about introverts and extroverts so i thought maybe it is better that we start off our discussion by talking about definitions Mm. i feel like introverts extroverts those are some concepts that people use all the time but I personally don't even know. I feel like I'm an extrovert, but I don't know exactly you know, <laughs> how these things actually define. So share with us how hmm. those terms are actually defined.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, people might use different definitions, to be honest. I feel like sometimes people play a bit fast and loose. So they might think, oh, there was this one time where I didn't feel like going out, so I'm totally an introvert, and I get it. <laughs> and <I'm> like, <laughs> ah, well, you know, we're all humans. We all have pretty much the same parts it's just a matter of to what ratio like what's the analogy Mm -hmm. so it's not like i never talk to people or never get out of my shell it's about tendencies so i think the biggest differentiator is if you are an extrovert like you that means you derive your energy from outside so from interaction with your environment especially with other people so that energizes you and gives you a buzz like getting the interaction and the attention and talking to people exploring new things and being left alone is going to wear you out a lot of the time. And if you're an introvert, like, meets vice versa. So I actually get my energy from solitude and from being left alone. This is how I decompress. Like when people are like, oh, I'm off work. I want to blow off steam. And they mean they want to go out for a drink or mingle. And when I say I want to blow off steam, it means I want to go home and be by myself or take a walk or like a hike or a bike ride by myself in nature. That's where I get my energy from and interacting with other people generally tends to drain me, even if it's people that I like. So I think that's the biggest, the best definition that I can give you. It's about what gives you energy and what saps your energy, because they're inverted, they're yin and yang.
1: Oh, wow. That is so interesting. We have Mm -hmm. uh, like uh, 20 people live with us already. And let me know. I'm so curious, everyone, in the comment section, let me know if you are an extrovert or introvert. And uh, I love this definition because it is kind of how I operate. Like just like right now, hosting my show, I'm just feeling like energized, gaining <laughs> so much energy, and uh, I don't need to, you know. like really interesting to 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 hear that. So mm. how are you, you know, like being this way? And uh, so, what are some, like, what are some techniques that you use? You know, you are so active on social media, mm. and in fact. Now, as I you know, as we talk, I remember almost all the social media conferences that I attend or Mm -hmm. speak at, there is a a section, there is a session on being an introvert in a social media space. I feel like lots of people on social media are actually Mm -hmm. introverted. So, how do you navigate this space? You know, how do you uh, you like recharge yourself? Yeah. like I, I yeah so share that with us
0: <laughs> oh that's a long thing um the the, the short version would Luke, be we wait,
1: have so many introverts yeah well
0: yeah. oh, that's nice i don't have much of a multitasking skill so you probably are picking up more of the comments than i am <laughs> but, I, I, yeah. I wish something hard. big comes up let me know Uh, It definitely requires a lot of pause and break for me because I can't just socialize all the time. And being on social media for for someone who's as introverted as I am, it's still socializing, even if it's digital. It's not, I would say, as draining as face-to-face socializing is, but it still does that so i sometimes struggle with what you know the people who say oh you need to show every day no excuses blah 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 motivation mindset all that stuff i'm like but i can't i'm very introverted i need to take regular breaks for example you will rarely see me on social media on weekends mm-hmm. and if i'm going through a period where i'm busy like right now i will usually time myself so i don't because because linkedin or any social medium it can be a bit of a rabbit hole right? you forget how much time you spend there and then you spend too much time and if you're introverted, you can just burn yourself out. So what I do is I time myself and I take regular breaks. And then obviously the other thing is it's a matter of keeping in mind what's at stake. So social media is almost an a, a, an integral part of marketing, right? How are you going to market and promote your business if you're not going to be on social media? It's almost impossible these days. So I see it as one of those things that I just have to do even if it's sometimes it's tiring. And by being myself actually, because the the instinct, especially if you're introverted, I think is to not give too much of yourself and to play it super safe and not display any kind of personality. And that actually backfires because by being myself, I can attract great people like you and my kind of tribe on social media. And that means that when I do actually show up, I have the most fun that I can comparatively have on social media. Doesn't make sense. It's not just drab like, Oh, I have to show up and post something, but I know that I'll see friendly faces and I'll see people that actually like um, interacting with, and that takes away some of that edge. It takes away some of that um, difficulty.
1: Wow, that is so interesting. Actually, I'm. I think I'm understanding my husband a little bit better just based on <laughs> uh, what you have shared so far. So, mm. what what do you think are some misperceptions that people mm. have about about introverts?
0: Oh. I think the biggest one is probably shyness and introversion. They think it's the same thing and it's not. So I get this all the time that people say, you're an introvert? What? You can't be an introvert. You're not shy at all. You're good with people. Like That has nothing to do with it. I used to be shy pre-drama school, but we'll get to that probably. Uh, Shyness just means that you are intimidated or afraid of talking to other people, especially uh, large crowds or an audience. And you can absolutely be extroverted, but shy. Like there are people who love interacting with other people. They really want to be part of a group or to be accepted and to belong. They're just, you know, awkward about it. And they don't know what to say and what to do. So they get uncomfortable, even though they want to do this. And I'm kind of the opposite. I'm not really a people person, but I can interact with people just fine. I can stand in front of an audience or on a stage and not really experience anxiety. And I think that's the the biggest myth. People are always like, oh, but you're not socially awkward. You're not, you don't have trouble talking to people. And like, yeah, I don't have trouble. I just don't enjoy it most of the time. (laughs) These are two different things. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Um, And the other thing is, I think. interesting. The other thing is, if you are quite extroverted, often you might interpret introverts as having something against you or disliking you because they might seem a bit standoffish or they might not interact much. Like, I get that quite a bit that people will tell me oh when we first met i thought you really didn't like me because you didn't really talk much but that is not me disliking anyone that's just my default setting and a lot of times we can both project as in the introverts and the extroverts we can be guilty of projection and we can annoy each other because we're trying to treat the other one as we would like to be treated but obviously that doesn't work if the other person is the opposite so i'm giving you space for example as an extrovert because I usually like my space and I like minding my own business. So I think I'm doing the right thing and treating you well by giving you space, but you might interpret that as rejection and vice versa. You try to talk to me because you are trying to include me. You're trying to show me that, hey, we are friendly here. You can talk to us because you would like that. But actually I interpret that as you know being bothered or, oh, people just can't leave me alone. Does that make sense? I think that's one of the biggest misconceptions.
1: It is so important that we actually have conversations like this so we mm-hmm. actually know how the other species, how they function, right? Like for me, exactly, I, I feel like I always try, hey, join us, why, why are you now going out, why are you now, you are now joining mm-hmm. us, things like that. But it is interesting to hear you explain this from your perspective, mm-hmm. which is very different from how I am interpreting this. So it is really nice that we're actually having a conversation about this. Yeah. Yeah, oftentimes I feel like we don't really talk about this is something that maybe people don't feel comfortable talking about and mm. we just carry the misperceptions with us.
0: I think it's not just not being comfortable. I think a lot of times people are not even aware because mm-hmm. sometimes you just assume that everyone takes the way that you do. So until somebody brings it up and you have that chakra of, oh, wait, not everyone thinks that way. I think a lot of times it's not even being afraid to talk about it. We just don't know it's even happening. Like until somebody explained it to me, I wasn't even aware that people trying to include me and trying to talk to me when, in my mind, I made it very obvious that I don't want to be talked to because I'm kind of off in the corner reading a book or listening to music. I thought I made it very clear that I'd, I'd like to mind my own business and people trying to include mm-hmm. me into a conversation. To me, it it didn't feel like they are trying to do something nice because to me it was irritating. It's, but they were like, oh, yeah, yeah. trying to do something nice. Most of the time, I think when you're... When you have conflict with someone or when someone is irritating, you or vice versa. It's just because you're not playing by the same rules. Because in your mind, the, the game is different and you haven't realized the other person is not playing the same game rather than an actual bad intention.
1: Yeah, yeah. So do you think like, because I really tend to do that, especially when I go to conferences, like, hey, come, I will grab the person doing that. <laughs> so maybe it's better to ask first, right? Like how, hmm. how do you think we should approach this? Right, yeah. not making assumption but hey, ask, you know, would you mm-hmm. like to? Because yeah. as you mentioned, I, I think now listening to you talk, I need to be better at reading the nonverbal cues, you know, when people yeah. are at the corner, so that is mm-hmm. sending a signal that I, I want to be left alone. So like, yeah. uh, interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do, do well, you think asking is a good approach or what?
0: Yeah, I think asking, but making it very clear that there is no pressure. You know, we're just gonna go over there and do that thing. And if you wanna join us, you're welcome to, but no pressure, you know, if you need your own space, I understand. Something along those lines. Like I appreciate it if someone gives me the option, but they make it clear that they don't expect me to do it. They're not gonna take it personally if I don't. Because it's it's rarely ever personal.
1: Yeah, yeah. That's this is so interesting. So what do you think are some like superpowers of people who are actually introverts? And I think yeah. there are like there are quite a few bugs or articles talking about uh, many people in leadership positions, mm. they are actually 100% introvert. So what do you think are some you know, superpowers? Superpowers. Yeah.
0: Um, I think the two main things that I consider the superpowers of introverts is that, A, we tend to be better at analyzing other people. So it mm-hmm. sounds backwards, but extroverts often analyze or observe less because they're so, com- so caught up in the doing part that they might not actually listen or observe as keenly as the introverts. We are generally people watchers as opposed to people interactors. (laughs) So we often, we often, even though we tend to socialize less, I think most of the time we're actually better at observing and analyzing other people, which can be a very useful trait, you know, in a leader, if you're able to analyze. And break down correctly as long as, as as long as you're not caught up in overthinking and overanalyzing, which is like one of our biggest weaknesses that we tend to be thinkers as opposed to doers. So you can just sit there and observe, but forget to actually do anything about it. <laughs> but yeah, the analysis, the analytical, and the people watching part is, I think, one of the big um, strengths. And the other one is um, usually, usually, your people pleasing. Um, tendencies or instincts tend to be proportional to your extroversion so the more social and extroverted you are the more likely you want to please other people or you need attention and approval Um, so me being a very introverted person sometimes people find out the wrong way that even though i'm quiet and polite I'm not a people pleaser at all. So I have zero issues saying no or shutting someone down if they're being difficult, because I don't care if that makes me look difficult. It's just not how my mind works. I'm not someone who's affected by other people's opinion of me. So that again, you cannot let that run rampant obviously and become an antisocial a-hole and start offending everyone just because, well, I don't care what people think of me. It needs to be kept in check. And for me, I personally know that it's one of my weaknesses and I need to keep that trait of mind that sort of general indifference towards people's opinions i need to keep that in check but if you can control it it can be a huge advantage because so many people's lives are unnecessarily difficult right they have so much unnecessary drama and complication and suffering because they allow people to tell them what to do they allow people to suck them into situations they don't want to be part of just because you know Mm -hmm. To think I don't want to be seen as rude. I don't want to be seen as high maintenance. I don't want to be seen as a drama queen. I don't want people to talk about me. So I think that's that's a big one. If you're immune to that,
1: oh my god, I love this. You are so spot on. I can tell you are an expert on being <laughs> immune versus being an expert because you know two points that you mentioned uh, really resonated with me. So okay. first, being a people pleaser. I that mm. is exactly who I am. It is I actually have to work with coaches. To learn how I can say no to people, uh-huh. and I'm, I'm telling you, it is hard. It is very, very hard. I think I'm definitely getting better at saying mm. no to people, especially like projects that I don't want to be a part of. But I'm always afraid of hurting people's feelings. Like I mm. think my husband really helped me on this, so that part is really true. I think that is a where whoever has that is a superpower for sure. And second, you're talking about taking action. I'm definitely an action taker and even like resigning from my associate professor position, launching my business, decided to build my school. It feels like one day I like, yeah, I'm going to resign and uh, I need to, to build my school. I, I really didn't think much about this. I felt like 30% kind of, mm-hmm. or maybe 20% kind of ready and I jumped. And whereas for my husband, he's very different. He wouldn't make a decision like this. He will be thinking, analyzing, having a plan. I didn't have a business plan before I started my business. I'm building Mm -hmm. my business and developing my business plan. So which is really interesting. so I think that you are absolutely spot on on those two things.
0: Well, this is why, because you mentioned funnily enough, I can't remember if that was before we went live, that most of the people close to you are actually introverts. It's the same for me. Most people close to me are actually extroverts. (laughs) Most of my, pretty much all of my close friends, my parents, my sister, my favorite clients, they're all extroverts. I think we attract each other in this kind of yin-yang way, not not in a woo-woo way, but just in a, we understand that we balance each other out. So, you know, I think a lot of introverts make the mistake of thinking that they need to hang out primarily with other introverts because they would understand me so much better. But mm, that's not necessarily everything because I actually, you know, I'm not a people person. But when I do hang out with people, I prefer to hang out with extroverts because it's just it's a good we balance each other out. We, we help each other cover our weaknesses. And I think it's so much better than introvert, introvert or extrovert, extrovert.
1: Yeah, totally. I mean, like, I, I think that's why, you know, Simon Sinek, he talks about, mm. you know, to run a business, you need a white person, you also need a whole person. And now mm. as I said to you, I feel like a good team, you need a good balance of people who are kind of like me, it's just social all the time. They are just super hyper. And you mm. also need, who are thinkers, and uh, I, I think you need a team like that. So I, I love that. Here's a great question from mm. uh, uh, our friend Alance joining us live mm. from Australia, uh, super mm. like two AM or something. So oh, how yeah. about <laughs> yeah? How about emotional intelligence, right? So mm. where like you know is there any connection between EQ and the introverts and extroverts? So where do we draw the line? You know the intersect. Mm. Like, I I think that's a very interesting question.
0: Okay. Um, Bear in mind, I'm not a psychologist. So this is just my, my opinion or observation. But I think it can go either way, because I think one of the caricatures is that if you're introverted, you're highly sensitive to other people's emotions and highly empathetic and highly emotionally aware. And if you're extroverted, you're kind of more superficial. And I really don't think that's the truth. I think you can go either way so if any of you are familiar with the myers-briggs um what is it called psychographic segmentation so the 16 personalities that are four letters so for example i would be an intj um so introverted intuitive thinking and judging so you will see that all of them show up in all flavors so you can be extroverted but highly emotionally aware you can be extroverted and more head so more of a thinker than emotional and vice versa i'm an introvert but i wouldn't really consider myself all that emotional i'm way more head than heart so introverted does not necessarily mean emotionally sensitive or emotionally intelligent i think i'm okay i would consider myself emotionally intelligent just because i was a teacher for over a decade so you kind of have to get good at that stuff if you handle other people but i wouldn't necessarily consider myself all that sensitive which is why i don't have an issue saying no for example Mm-hmm. does
1: that cover it oh yeah it makes sense yeah you are just like yeah i'm i'm very good at reading people like when mm-hmm. i walk into a room i can know this person's happy or not happy i could i can read their energy so yeah very 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 interesting very interesting mm-hmm. and our, our dear friend alice here so so nice to see her yeah she's like me a oh, Hyper. a yeah. her husband is kind of like a little bit more introverted i i think you need that good balance right uh, you know family and also in you know, a team uh, running a business so mm-hmm. i kind of want to transition a little bit to the fact that you are also a trained actor yeah. so i mean me, i
0: don't perform anymore but, I yeah, did train but I, I
1: yeah but i thought that was really interesting mm-hmm. and uh, even now you are a public speaking coach so to mm-hmm. me those two careers are not exactly in alignment with being an introvert because in my mind you have to you know work yourself up it's just like so much energy mm. to, to, to pursue a career like mm. in acting or public speaking coach so i want to ask you what inspired you to yeah. to choose a, like a major in acting what's the mm. story behind it
0: yeah well oh so about what 10 years ago i um I was finishing with my language degree because originally I'm a linguist, which is why I was a language teacher and translator for many years. And I was really disillusioned with life. I didn't really know what I wanted to do. I, I knew I didn't actually want to be a language teacher or a translator. And I remember that I was always artsy-fartsy, like I was always good at singing, painting, anything kind of artistic. So on a whim, I I came to the UK. I didn't live here yet at that point. I came to the UK and did like a short three-week summer course, an intro to acting. I'd never really acted before. And I fell in love with it. And I thought, oh, this is my calling. This is what I'm going to do with my life. I found my mission. So then I auditioned and I got in the next year. And... In the beginning, it felt great. It felt like I found my mission in life. I found what I'm meant to be doing. And then slowly I get disillusioned with that because I realized what was actually going on. And sometimes when you take a good hard look at yourself, it's not really all that fun. So what happened was that um, I was not happy with my life and I was practicing escapism. For me, it was a very elaborate escapism: moving to a completely new country, starting a new life, and changing direction completely. But you know, some people deal with their with their stuff by taking drugs, taking you know, becoming alcoholics, um, becoming I don't know, exhibitionists or compulsive shoppers or something. And I dealt with my stuff by pretending to be someone else, which you know, I was basically using acting in lieu of probably changing my life for the better or going to therapy or something along those lines and they told us at drama school that this is actually not that uncommon <laughs> that a lot of people oh, really? see that, yeah, they were like a lot of people practice performing as a form of escapism and at, at some point i realized what it really was and i thought yeah i don't really want to perform anymore <laughs> because i am uncomfortable in the spotlight i am uncomfortable having to do this much um, performing and socializing and interacting. And when it finally clicked that this was my means of escape, I realized, oh, I I think I'll just rather build a better life than spend so much time and energy trying to escape from it. And that's when I said, I'm not going to perform again, but I'm very grateful about the skills that I, that I picked up because they allowed me to become a much better teacher and now to become a public speaking coach. So no regrets
1: that is so that is so interesting and but it makes sense right mm-hmm. when you when you when you play you play on another person's role which means that you can kind of escape from mm-hmm. your current reality a little mm-hmm. bit yeah yeah oh that is so that is so interesting but how about when you at the time when you were a student uh mm-hmm. do you find that because i asked this question i actually work with quite a few students who are just like very introverted like mm. you find it is uh challenging for you to navigate the socialization part you know being popular and uh, as a kid you know in a, in a especially like kind of high school middle school that age mm. and environment like how, how do you cope with it besides Ooh. you know acting
0: yeah. well if if you're me then you cope with it badly <laughs> Definitely. School years were not really happy years for me. I was always a straight A student and a teacher's pet without sucking up to teachers. I was just always quite brainy and I learned very quickly. So I was always pretty much top of the class or like, you know, number two or three. Um, But other than that, I didn't really have a life in in high school. I wasn't good at the whole, because at that point I was not just highly introverted, but I was also shy and socially awkward and lacked confidence so Mm -hmm. i didn't really socialize or integrate much um looking back i would tell myself to to take more action because again we go back to the whole extroverts tend to be action people and introverts tend to be thought or analysis people Mm -hmm. so i think a lot of times we can get trapped in that idea of i need to feel a certain way or certain conditions have to be met before i take action but sometimes it's not really possible. Sometimes the feelings or the conditions happen after you take action. So if I could talk to myself like 20 years ago when I was at school, I would tell myself, start doing something, even if it's very small steps towards socializing and interacting with the other kids because you're never really gonna feel ready. It's not in your nature to feel ready. You will just not. You just need to take action before you feel ready.
1: So you are saying that taking the action will help yeah. you. I'm exactly the opposite. And I have all those impulse, right? Like I feel, oh, yeah, I'm so inspired. I need to launch a. Uh, exactly mm. three years ago. Like when Facebook uh, allows people to go live, mm. I was still a traditional college professor. I said, yeah, I need to launch a show. I did zero research. I had no idea what I was doing. I just did it. I just feel <laughs> something in my heart is like pushing me. And then... Mm like I, as I made that decision, I just keep showing up. So for you guys, it's kind of actually the opposite. And so mm. you actually have to take action first and then the action will generate certain type of emotion yeah. to keep you going.
0: It's- yeah, Trying to manifest the emotion just out of thin air is just not gonna work for me. And I think for most introverted people. I'm sitting there waiting to feel brave, or waiting to feel courageous, or waiting to feel ready. And sometimes I have to catch myself and say, "Nick, you're not going to feel ready anyway. You could wait for five million years. You will never feel ready. Just do it."
1: Wow! So I see. I, I feel like for people, that's I think you know, even at my school, we incorporate one element is self-awareness. I think mm. it is pretty important that you actually understand who you are and how mm. you function. just like understanding this and means that you actually have to take action first yeah. in order to feel ready. So wow, mm. that's, uh, that's, that's very profound.
0: No, thank you. Well, we live, I think in a society cause introverts obviously are the minority, depending on what study you look at, we could be a quarter or a fifth or a third of a population somewhere there in that spectrum and that means that society is pretty much made as you said in an extroverted world it's it's your world we're just living it and part of that no i don't want to play the world's tiniest violin but part of that is that a lot of times society will treat you as an introvert They will treat you as a defective extrovert They will not understand that you're a different type of personality so treating you as a as a defective extrovert is not going to work so for example if you need space you need space. No amount of, but you should, but you should, are trying to pull you into something social is gonna make you need any less space.
1: Mm. I, mm. I feel like the, the fact that we're having a conversation like right now, mm. I feel like my EQ is actually like higher. Now I know <laughs> how to chat with people, understand mm. people who are very different from me. Mm. So uh, very interesting. So here's a, a, a kind of comment and question from my dear friend Alice she asked uh wonder if people identified their personality characteristics earlier would Mm. they be able to avoid certain issues and find pathways to happiness and satisfaction i love that what do you think
0: Mm. possibly the thing is that not just understanding who you are because i always knew that i wasn't like most kids it's about knowing how to handle that because if society doesn't really give you or the people you look up to like your, your family, your teachers, etc. they don't give you the tools and they don't tell you yet how do you do that because telling you oh just be more confident well what, what's that supposed to do? Mm-hmm. <laughs> just be more outgoing. well that's great. That's like telling a poor person who's struggling to pay the bills well just don't be poor Well to, that that's that's a what not a how. So I do think identification helps but it's it, it's good if someone actually tells you the how. You might be aware that you're introverted, probably. You'll realize sooner or later that most people don't tick like you, but what do you do from there?
1: Mm, Can you share some specific hows with us?
0: Mm. Um, Well, the how, as I said, one big how is to take action first, even if it's small steps, to create kind of a, um, a snowball effect because you take a little step you get a little result that's going to give you a certain emotion it's probably going to feel you going to feel you going to make you feel more um, competent more in control more confident and then you can keep sort of reinvesting that energy and take bigger steps each time uh, the other thing would be to know your boundaries if you're an introvert to know that um, don't allow people to push you into overcommitting and then getting burnt out mm-hmm. because slow and Well, I don't know if slow and steady, but steady, let's go with steady wins the race. So, finding something that works for you that you can do consistently, whether that's at school or in business or anything. You know, in the beginning, when I joined LinkedIn, I allowed people to convince me that, you know, you need to be here every day, every day on LinkedIn. And for me, I know that some people have the stamina to do that. I just don't. I've tried it a bunch of times, it doesn't work. So, being here, let's say, four or five days a week, For me, that's sustainable in the long term, whereas being here every day just isn't. I'll do it a week or two, and then I'll get burned out to take a couple of weeks off LinkedIn, which is not good if you're all that extreme. So you need to test a measure, obviously, because your boundaries and your stamina might be different to mine. But it's about slowly finding out what works and then doing more of that and less of the stuff that doesn't work.
1: I love this you know as a teacher now I think like how many times I call out a student in the class maybe the kid is an extreme introvert mm-hmm. and they really feel comfortable answering my question in public especially if I have a class of 200 students mm-hmm. then you might find this student was not interested in what I'm talking about or being distracted that is actually wrong and I feel mm-hmm. like even as, as teachers we need to receive some sort of training on kind Mm. of understanding students' personality, right? Like Mm. even maybe like do some sort of like measurement or test so that we actually know how students function or even in the corporate environment, we understand our employees better. So Mm. we can adapt to a more EQ, higher EQ approach to handle Mm. conflict, to approach them, to ask them to do certain things. But I feel like this part is really, really missing, right? Kind of understanding our own personalities Mm. and learn how to manage our own personalities. Mm. And also for leaders to understand our team, their personalities. I I never Mm. learned that. I just feel like I treated all the students like the same, even though I know they're very different. But I never Mm. learned any specific technique in terms Mm. of people, how I should talk to people. Mm. And uh, it's really fascinating how people can function so differently.
0: Mm. I mean the responsibilities in both it's not just exclusively on you as the educator it's also on the student to make an effort to get into their you know their stretch zone to understand that okay but it's not exclusively up to I or whoever to save me from myself it's also up to me to take certain steps to see you know what my weaknesses are and to see how how I can handle that obviously an adult as an adult you're responsible for yourself at the end of the day
1: totally 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 yeah and so here's a very interesting question from lucy uh thank you for joining us live what if you are an introverted extrovert and i think uh, lisa uh, like another person made a similar comment she Mm. said she is an extroverted introvert i don't Mm. even know what this means do you know what this means
0: that's a bit abstract for me what i'm assuming they mean is that their tendency is not as pronounced because obviously it's on a spectrum like let's say one being super introverted and 10 being an absolute social butterfly and i guess you will lean it's i think it's very unlikely that you're a five but you're probably going to be like between a one and a four or between a six and a ten like on the introversion and extroversion spectrum so i think they're talking about the people who have a slight leaning to introversion or extroversion but it's not that pronounced like i if we say uh, if introversion is one and extroversion is 10, I'm pretty much a one or a two, like I'm very, very low on the extroversion scale. Um, but somebody might just about be more extroverted than introverted or vice versa. So um, to be honest, you'll have to figure out uh, what <laughs> works work for, out you. for
1: you. You'll
0: have to, you know, if if you want to spend time with other people slightly more than you like your time on your own, which I think would probably describe my sister the best I should think she's the closest to an extroverted introvert or vice versa. So she does really like her own time and space, but she also socializes and goes out with her friends more often than I do. It's it's about finding out what works for you, to be honest, like, be sure that, you know, am I going out because I feel like I should or because I want to, am I staying at home? If I'm alone, am I alone? Or am I lonely? You know, listen to yourself a bit. And I don't want to say navel gaze, but you know, self-analyze a little bit and see how much of that is your own and how much of that is coming from outside and from people telling
1: you what you should be doing Mm, that's interesting Mm. and so earlier you mentioned that you know you are on linkedin on social media Mm. i noticed uh, recently you are doing a lot more videos on linkedin so does that come to you naturally do you have to kind of work oh i have
0: to yeah i have to (laughs) i don't get I don't get social anxiety per se, but I am someone who doesn't like the spotlight or the attention, um, which is why it cracks me up sometimes when people tell me, oh, so you coach people in public speaking, but you don't really like public speaking yourself. And I tell them, well, that's like saying, oh, so you're a divorce lawyer, but you don't like getting divorced. Like, what kind of logic is that? That's that's not how analogies work. Um, I definitely have to psych myself up. I mean, obviously, once you learn some techniques let's say in drama school in my case, you can apply them regardless of how you feel, but there are definitely days in which it drains me more than others. So usually if I find myself in that kind of a mood where it doesn't drain me as much to do video, I'll usually just batch like a dozen videos so that I have for the the next couple of weeks. It definitely takes some sucking up. It doesn't come naturally to me. Um, I've been very honest, I think, about the fact that I would probably not be on social media, not probably, scratch that, definitely not be on social media if business wasn't involved. You know, I think sometimes the people who preach about how you should be showing up every day, no excuses, blah, blah, blah. This is usually coming from the highly extroverted people who would probably be on social media anyway, even just for personal reasons. Even if no money, no business was involved, they'd just be on social media because they like it. And they don't understand that for some of us, uh, being on LinkedIn is not more of the same, just with a bit more shop talk, you know, it's that instead of showing my breakfast or here's my feet with a backdrop of the sea and feeling hashtag blessed about it. Instead, I'm talking about my business. I would probably not be on social media at all if business wasn't involved. So to, a, to a huge introvert like me, it is a brand new thing that feels unnatural a lot of the time. It's not more of the same, just with a bit more business talk. So I have it's not it's not natural at all. The good thing about that is that I'm I'm showing kind of by what I do that it doesn't have to be natural for you, even if you're a huge introvert, if marketing your business on social media is something necessary, you can absolutely learn to do it. Because don't confuse skill with personality trait. These are two separate things.
1: Well, I have to say this is the most profound conversation I have had. For a long time, <laughs> thank you. For <laughs> really disrupting so many ways, that so many mm. things. that I think about introvert, and uh, mm. even now, as I listen to you talk, I'm thinking about how I'm coaching my clients, and okay. I, I, think I, I need to ask them a deeper question, right? Like personality, because mm. not everyone is like me, like. After this interview, I will feel like, yeah, super high, super energized. I have a coaching call coming up. I have another talk coming up. Mm. So this energizes me. So how do you recharge yourself?
0: Time alone. Time alone, one, and two, not doing much. Because this is usually a typical introvert trait, is that we get overstimulated and, and burnt out quite quickly. So we tend to perceive that there is some neuroscience behind that. I don't, I'm not a scientist. I don't know enough to go into detail, but we tend to be more sensitive to most types of stimuli, which is why we're easily overstimulated. And a little bit of stimulation goes a long way, which is why it's a typical introvert trait to be perfectly happy, to just not do much, to just sit back with a book or just go for a walk in nature and be perfectly happy. Whereas the people who've got ants in their pants and always like to be new new stuff more stuff they always have to be doing something they can't really sit idle that's a typical extrovert trait it's it's uncommon to find an introvert who also can't sit still even if it's not socializing they will probably not be not just want to do stuff just you know solo stuff it's not likely to happen usually introverts like me like to just take it slow when we're off the job and we need time to recharge it's all about taking it slow i recharge by taking time off and as i said doing really nothing nothing um, of note just reading a book cleaning the house taking a walk going for a bike ride by myself something very very uneventful but that rejuvenates me
1: so interesting i think i'm probably driving my husband crazy on a daily basis
0: are you one of those people always have to be doing something like in motion
1: Uh, like that a little bit but i also i i don't mind being alone by myself but Mm. like if we do do things i like i have to take my husband to do it like I don't really like, you know, go out. We always have to go out together. I will sure. I'll be asking, where are you going? You're like, I need to go with you or you need to be with me in the same space. So it's <laughs> really interesting to to hear this uh, perspective from you. Now I'm mm-hmm. thinking, thinking uh, differently. And so I love this comment from, that you mentioned earlier. And uh, 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 Gabby, thank you for joining us live. I agree, you know, when you mentioned like, personality versus skill so when it is a skill it's like building muscle we can Mm. work on it we can improve it so Mm. like can you share with us right like you you mentioned that you have to work yourself up to do a Mm. video so what are some specific like actions or techniques that you have to take to develop this skill because in this day and age like marketing yourself even building a personal brand It's kind of necessary. I I even coach my own students, you have to build an online brand. So like, what do you do to to work yourself up to to do this?
0: Yeah, Um, I like to do a physical, this is uh, pretty much professional deformation from drama school, but I want to need to warm myself up physically. So, you know, stretch everything, crack everything, warm myself up vocally like, mm -hmm, like everything to make sure that everything is nice and warm and relaxed as relaxed as it can get you know in front of a camera in front of an audience because the if you get the anxiety and the discomfort in front of an audience whether that's like that or a live audience that has some physical effects like your throat might get tighter your breathing might get shallower you might start sweating or trembling your voice might start shaking and i don't want to show up on video sounding like this obviously so i have to warm up and stabilize everything. So yeah, it's it's a lot of very technical stuff. Vocal warm ups, breathing exercises, like breathing deeply into your belly, as opposed to the shallow breathing that we tend to do into our chest, diaphragmatic breathing, you might've heard it this way. Everything, warming up my breath, my voice, stretching out, all of that stuff. I don't just spontaneously sit down and do a video. That's usually not me.
1: So can you be more specific? This mm-hmm. is like a new language. What do you mean? Yeah warming up your voice, warming Mm. up your breath. Like what do you do exactly? I'm
0: so curious. so I can show you a couple of exercises. So your breath needs to go deep into your belly. So diaphragmatic breathing. So basically when you breathe in and out, your stomach should expand and contract like a balloon, which is the opposite of what most people do. Usually when people inhale their chest and their shoulders rise, and their waist contracts, which is not what you're supposed to do. So if you look at how babies breathe, you'll see that their stomachs expand and contract like balloons, because that's actually the way that we're designed by nature to work. And then because of stress, because of self-consciousness, all of these things, we unlearn that. So step one would be to really dial in the breathing to make sure that you're breathing in through your nose, letting your stomach expand and contract, as opposed to your, like right now I'm breathing very deeply. This helps with so many things, including the anxiety to an extent. And then you warm up your voice, which means that you need to make sure that your voice is not tight or throaty or nasal or anything like that. So a couple of useful exercises for that. And anyone who's watched my videos knows exactly what's coming up now, because it's the same stuff that I talk about all the time. Trills, which is doing that. And it can sound and look a little bit silly, but it helps so much with not getting a sore throat when you talk, with your voice popping out as opposed to in, because a lot of times people get throaty and nasal and they push and they do that and their voice is uncomfortable. And that's not sustainable or probably pleasant to listen to for the audience. So really doing plenty of and making sure that every part of your voice is nice and warmed up. Like how you would do with your body, you know, you would not go, for let's say a cartwheel or the splits if you can do that you would not just roll out of bed and do the splits or you will not just get out of bed and lift 100 kilos even if you could you would slowly warm up to that point and that's exactly what a vocal warm up would be so you would slowly before you start talking on camera you would slowly try different parts of your range and make sure that everything is there it's easy it's comfortable it's accessible so you don't have to push at any given point
1: Right, like do you also I I imagine you can also do those simple exercises Mm. before you speak on stage, you know, public speaking, right? So these those practices will also help you relax more, things like that. They
0: will help you relax more and they will help you get so much more with a lot less effort. Because if you start pushing your voice, it gets uncomfortable physically. Like you might hurt, you might get tight. Then when you're uncomfortable physically, it's hard to feel comfortable mentally as well. How comfortably can you feel mentally if this hurts that hurts you can't get enough oxygen in you're like <laughs> like that on stage you're not going to feel comfortable and you're not going to make the best impression probably
1: oh wow this is so interesting uh, so mm. interesting yeah everyone loves uh iris thank you for joining us live learning more like <clears throat> about you like from an introverted perspective and uh, it is mm. so interesting uh, kind of many people mentioned that they wouldn't be on social media without yeah. If they Same. were not, not running, you are definitely not alone. I, I see quite a few people, yeah. And uh, yeah, you have lots of friends there.
0: Mm, oh, that's <laughs> nice to see. See, yeah, Gabby, thank you. People don't get it. More uh, Extroverts tend to not get it. They're like, what do you mean do nothing? That's boring, it's not boring. It's amazing. <laughs> I love doing nothing.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It feels fantastic. <laughs>
1: oh my god that's that will be very hard to come out of my mouth doing nothing feels
0: (laughs) i love doing nothing i love sleeping i think sleeping is probably my favorite thing in the world and then after sleeping (laughs) it's doing nothing
1: so you literally just sit there and do nothing
0: it's amazing or i might just listen to a podcast or you know listen to some music or read a book or just watch something really mindless on netflix or youtube not something that requires me to concentrate a whole lot. It feels great because I get overstimulated quite quickly. So I, keep, I don't want to do something that keeps stimulating me.
1: That's so interesting because the only time I do nothing is when I meditate, which is interesting, right? I do meditate every day and that, but like uh, I sit there still, I listen to the meditation tape. I feel that is my only time kind of doing nothing. Mm. And then throughout the day, I'm like moving around all the time. Yeah, mm. doing something, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, we
0: have a trumpeter saying, Singers and trumpeters do diaphragmatic breathing. Yeah, yeah, definitely. If your breath isn't dialed in, correct? And if you do the shallow breathing into your chest, that is just a dominant effect for everything. It affects your stance, it affects your voice, it affects everything.
1: Yeah, yeah. I agree, Ella. We love
0: well, you. We love you too, Ella. Wait,
1: wait. I, I'm learning so much, so much. Yeah, hmm. so can, can you share with us? You know, you mentioned a little bit with that like acting backgrounds and learning about it and Mm -hmm. how that kind of helped you I do what you do today I mean like I imagine Mm -hmm. you being a coach right you have to do like code do you ever do code messaging do you ever do like you know having a conversation with a person I'm selling myself I'm selling my service. Mm -hmm. like right like do you ever do that like how do you how do you prepare yourself for calls like that, you know, like talking mm-hmm. to a stranger? Hey, I'm I'm like, yeah, I'm the best coach. You have to hire me. And <laughs> I can help you do this, this, and that. So any tech uh, techniques you can share with us mm-hmm. that help you, you know, smash yeah. all those code messaging, you know, sales calls and get that deal, close yeah. that link
0: oh i don't i don't tend to do a whole lot of cold messaging it's usually inbound although i do probably need to reach out more it's one of the things that i've learned about marketing that usually the two pronged approach so inbound and outbound probably work the best but for for calls like that with potential clients yeah as i said i do all my warm ups and whatnot so that i know that nothing like my voice my breath nothing is going to just give out on me at the wrong moment and then i actually i found what works for me is to be fairly passive about it, so basically ask questions and slowly get things out of them to really find out what they need and how they tick and what the important things for them are and to ask really targeted questions as opposed to a lot of them. So for example, one thing that I like to ask is, you know, do you have any kind of specific goal? Because if they don't have a specific goal, if they just say something like, oh, I just want to get better at public speaking, I'm like, that's just too abstract. And you're probably going to lose motivation because public speaking is such a common fear. It can feel so uncomfortable for a lot of people, even extroverts, that if you don't have a specific goal, it's probably not going to motivate you enough. You know, a specific goal motivates, a vague one like get better. What does that mean? Mm. It's the same with anything else, like saying that I want to lose 10 kilos this year. That is a specific goal. You're far more likely to achieve it. Whereas I want to eat healthier or I want to lose weight. What does that mean? That is just too abstract. So I tend to do that and ask, really drill for the truth. So ask targeted as opposed to too many questions and let them do the talking and kind of give me uh, the ammunition and give me the information that I need.
1: Yeah, I let them do like more feels like let them do the talking. Yeah. and feels feels uh, more mm-hmm. conversational.
0: Mm-hmm. It's yeah. definitely never about, I mean, it's about discovering whether you are a good fit. And I don't know sometimes before we get on a call. If we are a good fit. And I don't want to push someone who wouldn't be a good fit for me to to work with me. I mean, what's the damn point? It's gonna be very unpleasant for both of us.
1: Mm. Yeah, here's uh, it's a great comment. I uh, I'm, I can't see the name right now. So there are definitely uh, times when I wish I were more naturally extroverted, mostly for getting more information and context, etc., in public settings, wondering if there are some techniques to help with that. Great
0: question. Mm. Yeah, I think for me, what works is, as you said, it's having a conversation and seeing what where that conversation is gonna lead. Because if you think about it, um, whether it's B2B or B2C or whatever you wanna call it, it's still human to human at the end of the day. And that means that the main components are probably gonna be the same. So human nature is gonna dictate what happens. The fine details might change, But it's still humans are going to human. So what I like to do is I don't like to pressure anyone because people don't really like being sold to in an aggressive way. So it would just be having conversations and to not offer anything until the other person has um, expressed significant interest. So even something like if they don't say, can I have your business card? I'm probably not going to try and give it to them because if they wanted to, they probably would have asked for it. So me saying, oh, here's my business card, they'll be like, okay, just to be polite and then put it away and never think of it again.
1: Mm-hmm. So it's about
0: splits. it's about taking it step by step and not trying to jump like five steps ahead. Mm-hmm. So really just have a conversation and not necessarily have in mind, oh, I'm going to sell them or I'm going to give them my business card or I'm going to get wherever. It's about leading, I guess, with some degree of curiosity as opposed to having a certain goal and they can see that you're mentally going through a checklist like, oh, I've talked to that many people already score. Like they don't <laughs> want to feel like that. <laughs> Just see where it works. And and if it doesn't work, then you can talk to someone else, but take it one step at a time.
1: Oh, that's so interesting. That's so interesting. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. So here's mm-hmm. a really interesting comment from Lucy. I don't, she said that uh, speaking to people that really scare her, she can talk better. And I think that's really interesting. I'd love to To raise more interpretation, do you feel that way, or that's
0: that's a bit broad? Do you mean in public, Lucy, or in general, one to one, one to many? If I'm speaking to people that really scare me, as in what asking your boss for a raise, or what are we talking about?
1: Yeah. So yeah, I don't know. Let us know, Lucy. Very interesting. Yeah.
0: I like people, but I like uh, control.
1: Yeah. uh, Very interesting comment from Patty. Thank you for joining us live. So she loves to control her own time and, uh, but also, uh, also needs alone time. So, mm. and, uh, yeah, am I shy, not shy either? Mm. So, yeah, so what do you think about this situation?
0: <laughs> um, you kind of sound like me, Patty. So, you sound like an introvert if you like people, but just in small doses because no one's a hundred percent introverted or extroverted, like, even super extroverts will probably at some point need a little bit of me time. It's just less frequent and less prolonged. And like me, I, I do actually get out of the house and talk to people, <laughs> even if it's not business sometimes. But it's just, it's just not my general M.O., so i don't know ambivert is is a trendy new word to be honest i don't know to what extent i ambivert basically means not introvert or extrovert
1: yeah Um,
0: i'm I'm not convinced that's really a thing i know that some people might get (laughs) now i might have kicked the hornet's nest here i'm not convinced that ambivert is a thing i think that probably almost everyone leans one way or the other they might just not lean equally strongly like as i said if we take that scale of one to ten you know Whether you're a 6, a 7, or 8, a 9, or a 10, you're still an extrovert. You might just be super extroverted or just more extroverted than not. I can't imagine that many people being a 5, that they are exactly in between. I don't know if that's the thing. I don't think I've ever met someone who who falls under that category of really not either. They probably lean a certain way, I think.
1: Very interesting, very interesting. Yeah, we are just uh, wrapping up here with a mm. fascinating conversation. I'm learning so, so, so much about many of my friends. So I can't wait to implement some of the techniques that you mentioned, uh, (laughs) my coaching calls, working with clients, and my my daily life, uh, uh, interacting with my husband. So any uh, public speaking like tips you can share with us, you know, we kind of discuss how to overcome that initial fear. So once we are uh, actually on stage, or you know, right now on the virtual stage. So yeah. any specific techniques that you can yeah. share with us to help us smash every pop yeah. that we give.
0: Um, the the biggest thing I think, if there's one I hate that term mindset shift, but I think in this in this case it applies, one of the biggest perspective kind of shifts is remember that it's not about you. That's what they used to yell at us all the time at drama school. It's not about you, it's not about you because if you are appearing in front of an audience if you're performing and public speaking is a type of performance make no mistake you are there to give the audience something you're there to gift to transmit to give them something uh, valuable hopefully so remember that it's not about you which is why i tend to not like a lot of the advice that floats out there about public speaking which is all about inner stuff and they treat it as if it's something inner as opposed to something outer and it's all about how to feel more confident how to do this and that and my objection is yeah that's all fine but your audience does not benefit from you being confident your audience cannot read your mind they can only read your voice your body language the choice of words that you use so what you give them is the most important part of course if you do it well in return you will probably feel more confident but it's about showing up in service of the other as as Kind of woo-woo as that sounds so remember that it's not about you and you're there to help someone you're you're there to give them something valuable focusing on yourself is not the best when you're on stage obviously when you're warming up and you use the the warm-ups and whatnot that i told you yes focus on yourself but once you're actually in front of the audience remember that it's about them so look at the camera or at your audience if you're if you're physically there and really give to them and remember that it's not about you. The more you focus on them, the better you'll be and the less likely you'll be caught in some kind of you know, um, hamster wheel of negative thoughts because the best way to stop freaking out and obsessing about yourself is to think of the people that you're helping, really. That's the quickest way, I think, that I can fit into sort of what, two, three, five minutes of <laughs> what we've got left. Yeah. Focus on your audience. Remember that it's not about you at that point. We can navel gaze on our own time. When we're there, serve.
1: I love that. Really powerful. I think I definitely adopted this practice. You know, just like I'm in front of my camera, I have to show, so that like, like talking a lot. So, like, you know, learn because I, I still, I'm not sure about you, I cannot stand my voice and I can't stand looking at myself. On camera. So when I watch the replay, I will skip. Oh my God, it's me talking again. I have to skip that part. And, uh, that's that's it's
0: good to focus on the other people, not on yourself. Exactly.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, so really interesting. Yeah. So, share with us uh, where can people. Yeah. I agree. Lance, right? Worth staying have up. Right? Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Thank so, totally, you. so, yeah. yeah Wait, you got lots of love. And uh, so, where share with us uh, yeah. where can people connect with you on the social media? <laughs>
0: yeah. It. So I'm only active on LinkedIn. I made an Instagram account, but I've barely used it. So for the time being, social media is LinkedIn for me. So it's my name, first name, last name. I can't remember if it's dot. Should I write it down? Can I actually comment or are you yeah, going to write yeah. it
1: down? No, yeah, it's uh, ha- uh, like uh, It's yeah. So I oh, have-, you have it
0: there. Perfect. And I then have-
1: yeah,
0: yeah. I can't remember if it's dash or full stop. And then our uh, website would be...
1: Actually, actually, not on social media that much, right? Yeah.
0: And website would be not my complete name. So Nick diacan, that's how far it goes, NickDiacan.com.
1: That's awesome. Thank you so much, everyone. So make sure to connect with Nick. Uh, what a great conversation. I, I feel mm-hmm. really energized by our conversation. Um, I'm ready to head to my next two meetings. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So thank you so much and uh, thank you so much everyone for joining us live from all over the globe. I really yes. love the conversation, having you being in the live audience with us. Many of you stayed up late. Until yeah, thank three yeah. So Thank you so much. And I hope to see you next Friday. The same time, same location. I have a really amazing guest coming up next Friday. So I hope you can join us live. Uh, enjoy your weekend. Bye, yeah. everyone. Mm-hmm. Bye-bye.